Hey, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Ross Farstick. And welcome to The Resties, where the best of the rest discuss the rest of the best. This week, we are talking about vampire survivors. That's right. Tons of big-budget, flashy games with entire marketing campaigns that appear in, like, the Super Bowl or whatever are out there. And we are talking about a game that is available right now on your laptop for $2.99. And when I say your laptop, I mean probably any laptop because it works on PC and Mac. Uh, We'll also, in the spirit of Vampire Survivors, be talking about our top five best bang-for-your-buck video games. And in the back half... I don't know. Fresh Chick has a surprise for me, so we'll see what that is. It's a surprise topic. I don't want people to get too enthusiastic about the potential, but I do have a topic I wanted to discuss. That's true. It it does sound like there also might be a guest star, and I I don't think that there's going to be any other guest stars. I think it's just the two of us today. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, first, let's get into Vampire Survivors right after this break. Okay, Fresh, how much do you know about Vampire Survivors? I I mean, I've seen screenshots of it. I know Justin talked about it on Besties uh, this past week. He played it during, or two weeks ago, he mentioned it in the Honorable Mentions. Um, I read a bit of his review on Polygon.com, which is very uh, glowing. But I have not played it myself. I haven't had the time. And I want to. It seems very much my kind of game. Here is... My elevator pitch. It is either a 10 out of 10 or a 0 out of 10. Wow. And my opinion of it changes depending on where I'm at. Like Interesting. Existentially. It's, okay, here, the way, the way it works visually, I actually don't think this is the way it actually works, but the way it appears to work, if you watch a video of it, is it is a top-down 2D game in which you are the titular vampire survivor. It looks like, you know, bad Castlevania art, right? Yeah, it's um, like Centipede or like old-timey arcade game. Old-timey style. arcade game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, enemies are surrounding you from all sides. At first, it's like a handful, then it's dozens, then it's hundreds, then it's like, it feels like thousands? I don't know. It fills the screen with, with these 2D characters. And all you have to do is move around. There are no button presses. Uh, your character automatically fires off their weapon, and that could be a whip that fires off every second or so. It could be like a little uh, magic missile. It could be uh, a power-up that you retrieve, like garlic, which makes uh, a plume of garlic stank around you and and kills off, obviously, vampires, because vampire survivors... Um, and the goal is to kind of mix and match. So you're not a vampire, just to be clear. You're not a vampire survivor. You're surviving vampires. Yeah, right. Oh, you're, you're, oh, I see what you're saying. You're not like a vampire who's playing the game survivor or something. Or like who is also a survivor because he's been drinking blood to survive. No, 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 no. It's like the, you have a, so there are actually multiple characters that you can tru- choose from. Yeah, unlock. the many survivors. They are the plural survivors, and you are surviving vampires. And none of them are also a vampire. Mm, not that I've Like noticed. an Alucard situation where there's a nice vampire. Well, it's actually, that's a good question, because we'll get into the lack of story mm. and whether a game like this should have a story. Okay. But first, 
that that's the game. The, the the whole goal is to like uh kind of manage which upgrades you get because every time you find you basically when you kill enemies they release little uh, gems and then you can step over the gems to collect them and as you get the gems you get XP and the more XP you have the more abilities you can unlock and those abilities could be like I said garlic or it could be flames that go in random directions uh any variety of skills there's like a boomerang cross that fires to the thing that's nearest you but then slings across the screen in the opposite direction so you actually kind of use it to fire behind you to deal a lot of damage right yeah um it's it's choosing which of those are the best and then matching them up and it's extremely addictive runs can last between like 10 minutes I think if you get to 30 minutes, that is when you beat the game. I've made it to about 26 minutes. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, but, and here's the here's where I, I the rub is, when you do these runs, you make money. You like collect coins. You can find yeah. a little treasure chest, right? And that money goes to permanent unlocks between vampires surviving. And there's a lot of unlocks. There's unlocks kind of like Hades, you know, of unlocking the speed of the projectiles that you fire or your health or your shields yeah. or or your ability to revive, all that stuff, right? And this is where I'm torn. I'm like, what do I want from a video game? Because effectively what I found after, you know, probably six or so hours of this game is the game is the grind. Yeah. Like, there, there is nothing else so far. And it's in early access. They could add more. But it's not like this is, like, you know, a visual feast. There's no story. And the game in the marketing compares, I think, like, they use a phrase called, like, be the bullet hell. But it's yeah. not that. Because bullet hells, to me, are skill-based. You aren't unlocking unique permanent powers that, you know, the 20th time you play the bullet hell, somehow it's easier. Sure. You're just getting better at bullet hells. Where this is like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm getting better. I feel like I'm just giving the game more time, and then it's giving me unlocks that will make it easier for me to win. Yeah, so a few, there have been a few games like this that have done something. I mean, Hades, you mentioned Hades. Rogue Legacy, same thing. And what those games do is once you more or less unlock everything, it sort of unlocks what I would describe as like an end game where... The difficulty is basically static, like you have all the tools at your disposal, and then they can ramp up the difficulty because you're not getting more unlocks and you, you know, can like add challenge that way. And again, if it's early access, I'd imagine that's something that maybe will come later. But I do agree with you. Like, I know what you're talking about, where it's like not the most satisfying thing to feel like inevitably you will beat this game. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I, I I mean, you can say that about like i don't know every bethesda open world game like you just get more and more powerful until you beat it right yeah well my, my problem isn't necessarily that and like the transparency of seeing you know the reptile part of my brain just being sure. triggered it's that there's i think it's the nothing else that gets a little under my skin we're I mean, let, let's use any of those examples, right? Like the Bethesda games, there's still story there. Ro- yeah, Rogue sure. Legacy even still has something to say about like lineage. Yeah. Right? Like the, it, it's silly to say it. It feels a little silly to say it has a message, but it actually does. Like, it's well, and using... also the minute, the minute to minute is enjoyable. And yeah. You get satisfaction out of a good run versus a bad run. 
Yeah, but like I, I guess I, I, I really admire when a game with really interesting mechanics then is using those mechanics to get at something beyond it. I, I think yeah. of like Universal Paperclips, right? Which mm-hmm. is one of those idle games that we've talked about a lot. And idle games are the ones where the game kind of plays itself and it's just accruing numbers and then you tap now and then to fuss with the the math formula so that the numbers go up even faster. And Universal Paperclips is, takes that idea and then asks, okay, what if an AI was told to do this to just create paperclips? What would it end up doing if it just had to keep creating over and over and over again? And it becomes this like work of like sci-fi horror. Um, and I, I think that's the thing that I guess I'm missing here. And I hope that's, you know, again, it's in early access that that's what gets added. Hades is an, another great example, right? Like, Sure, Hades has this the same mechanism, but Hades has like a trillion things to offer. Yeah, but when it came out, it was an early access game. That's true. That's true. And didn't have a trillion things when it came out. I mean, it was a good game when it came out, but wasn't it was not a game of the year game. That's true. You know what? Now you're now you're pushing me back towards the ten out of ten. Boom. It's yeah. It's anyway. I I I like a game like this that <laughs> messes with my head like this and gets me thinking like. Am I wasting my time? Yeah. And like, what does it even mean to waste my time? Like, it, would, it, would it be bad if I was playing this and it was doing literally nothing else than like triggering my pleasure parts of my brain? Yeah. And that's a thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, do you worry about that? Or am I just like very anxious? Uh, I think you are definitely more anxious than I am. But I also internalize this stuff and try to play games in the most, probably not, the best way but it is i try to play games the most productive way possible which is to say like i'll dial it down to easy if i feel like i'd enjoy um the gameplay more that way or i'll see more stuff that's cool um i don't know i'm i'm very <laughs> targeted in terms of how i play games yeah so you know uh, you know i i get i get the argument um i think there are good and bad versions of this again i haven't played vampire survivors so i can't say how i would feel but i do agree with you that just the power curve alone is usually not enough for me unless it's crackdown credit to <laughs> like the only example yeah. credit to the, the, the designers here the power curve here is incredible i mean they are just straight up using the playbook of like pay to win slash free to play games in terms yeah. of visuals and just constantly being fed that that uh just pop of color when you, whenever you open a treasure chest it just f- rains vertically like upside down coins everywhere um it, it, yeah it, it's something and i i don't know I, I i really struggle with my words with this sort of thing because i you know when you put i put that much time into it i clearly i it's clearly working with me but at the same time it feels a little bit like addiction where uh, I, I knew it would do this the second I downloaded it of, you know, oh, great, this is going to take over my life. And sure enough, it did, which makes it kind of a strange recommendation because I feel like, oh, do I really want to recommend something I that mean, is going to consume people like this? This is actually uh, I mean, we'll we'll get to it in the second half, but this is actually a really good segue to the second half discussion. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, in the yeah. meantime, though. I do. I know my, at the top of the show, you mentioned that we were going to figure out our top five, but I, I think that might be too wide ranging. And maybe we should probably just focus on like personal faves in terms of bang for your buck games. 
Okay. Five seems like a lot. Oh, I, I have a list. I'm ready. Oh, really? You brought it all the list? I came prepared. I I, oh, I feel like I know. I mean, I have I have a list in my head, but okay. it, I don't know. Well, we'll how, see how, how, about, it goes. how about we start putting some, some games together of what are our, like, you're going to, you know, put down a little bit of cash here and you're really going to get your money's worth. Okay, sure. What what's what, what's your first one? What is the thing? Well, my first one is you're going to put down no cash whatsoever. Okay. You're going to say unless Fortnite, unless you have like, unless you have uh, bad uh, impulse control, you're which I say have done in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to say Fire Emblem Heroes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, I think we should include one free to play game in this category, and Fortnite would certainly apply that as well. Okay. But at this point, Fire Emblem Heroes is a game that I have been playing for over five years. It is my, like, I have to wait 30 seconds for the elevator game. And there is no mm-hmm. other game that I play with that level of consistency. I play this game very weird. We were talking about how I play, like, certain games and what I get out of it. I play this game very weird, such that every decision that I make in the game is fueling me not having to spend money in the game. (laughs) And I turn the free-to-play aspects of it as into the game. So the only characters that I ever, like, you you know, there's like a loot box, gachapon, you know, slot machine thing. But you can earn free currency to, like, get them if you're careful. So the only ones that I ever go for are ones that I know will make the game easier for me to continue getting more currency. Mm. and not because oh this character is pretty or oh i like their backstory it's only oh they're a meta character and i want to like min max the way i play this game so that you can then unlock more opportunities to min max the game exactly to not get the characters that you actually like exactly so now great <laughs> now let me let me i'm not saying this is a healthy thing but i'm just saying how i play it let me also add a caveat if you have any level i don't this is not i'm not saying this is like a denigration because I certainly have this to some extent on some things as well. If you have any level of like lack of willpower when it comes to like loot box mechanics, gambling mechanics, anything like that, do not play this game. It's not for you. I mean, it is for you, but not in a good way. Um, it is definitely designed for to take advantage of those sorts of people and make a lot of money. And it has made a ton of money. Um, but I don't know. For me, again, I get a lot of satisfaction out of playing the game to not spend money. And from that, I've really enjoyed myself. I don't know if that makes the list necessarily, but strictly from a bang for your buck game, there's probably no more bang for your buck, at least for me, than Fire Emblem Heroes. I think think that is a good recommendation, and it's a game that has meant a lot to you, and I think you're right to include it. Will it make the final five? I don't know. Wow. So my my version of that game is Drop Seven. Oh Do you yeah, remember that game? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so Drop Seven is a puzzle game where you uh, line up numbers and make them disappear Tetris style. Um, and it, I believe, was originally developed for the TV show Bones. And what? Then, yeah, it was like a SpawnCon game. Wow, I didn't know the, that. Yeah, the developers Area Code made their own version called Drop Seven, and then that game got purchased by well, all of Area Code, I believe, got purchased by Zynga. 
and now Drop 7, I believe, is still available on iOS and and maybe uh, Android, and it's great. It's just, I, I, I wish I had more to say about it, but I don't. It, it's, a, it's a pretty straightforward puzzle game, but there's something about the feel of it that is transcendent. Yeah, um, I think if you've played threes, it definitely like is kind of similar brain action going on, and and the feel uh, of that also matches. Yeah, and it's that same thing, like you said. Of I've just over the course of, I mean, it was one of the first iPhone games. I think it was very early on, and I have had it on my phone ever since then. So I've yeah. been playing it longer than almost any other game I play. Yeah, it's funny for puzzle games like that. I usually after I'll get into it for like pretty heavy for like a week or two and then I'll bounce off of it just because like you get so good that like games start lasting a really long time or you just hit a ceiling where you feel like you're not learning anything new or doing anything new and I just sort of depart but that's just me that's I mean that's very fair okay (laughs) so what is what is uh, another one that you have well, I guess I can't pick Fortnite at this point because I you just are I already. I mean, I think fucking Fortnite, Fortnite. And Fire Emblem are very different games. I think that is true. Um, I would say that both be free. They are both free. Um, I think Fortnite is less, a lot less gross on the um, on the like loot boxy element because there are no loot boxes in Fortnite. Uh, you uh, for. You know, I don't know if I need to describe what fucking Fortnite is, but it's a battle royale game. Um, And originally it launched as this weird like player versus environment, like defense, tower defense thing. Hence the name Fortnite because it's F-O-R-T, right? And the zombies attacked at night. And now it's just pretty much just a battle royale game. And there's like 2% of the player base plays the weird PVE (laughs) mode. Um, which, which you do about. to once again scam money. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing as uh, heroes. Is I get actually uh, a lot of satisfaction uh, of uh, playing that <laughs> mode just because I've set it up in such a way that again I could play. I can set it to run and it'll go for like an hour and a half, and I'll come back and I'll have earned currency that I can then spend in the game that I actually <laughs> enjoy playing. This is just mining Bitcoin. This is Basically. <laughs> It, they could hook up my computer to like a Bitcoin server and probably do pretty well. Oh my gosh. But unfortunately, it's not Bitcoin. It's uh, V-Bucks, which are the currency in Fortnite. <laughs> and all you can do with V-Bucks are buy like Batman skins and like a grappling hook and like Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> uh, you just buy like cosmetics. And I get a lot of status. They do a really good job on a lot of the cosmetics. They just, uh, uh, they didn't announce it. It leaked that they're doing like old timey Cuphead style versions of some of the characters that are in the game, like the banana character and stuff. And, and like, that's a satisfying way for me to spend the dumb currency that I'm earning through this free to play system. But it's a great multiplayer game. I think uh, I really can't think of a better like online ease of jumping in game because it supports crossplay and it's very easy to get in, you know, into a game with your friends. And um, yeah, I've I mean, I started playing in 2017, whatever it launched, and um, off and on, I've I've jumped back into it. And now I'm I'm back into it pretty hardcore. 
Um, so Hell yeah, Destiny is it? Has it fully replaced Destiny for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have not touched Destiny in several years at this point. And again, I, you know, I think I've talked about this, but the the drop off on Destiny was purely just I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah. And Fortnite, it's the opposite of that because the fact that I played at the origin at the beginning of Fortnite actually gives me not an advantage, but like a little bit of a cool factor because I'm using like characters that you can't get anymore because they got retired. <laughs> so true. like little 12 year olds will run up to me and be amazed. I'm not proud of that, but I'm a little <laughs> I, proud of that. <laughs> I think I was going to say, I think you're pretty proud. Um, I, have, I have another game that is another online game with co-op where you shoot things. It is Earth Defense Force. Oh God. The entire series. That's, I don't, okay. Bang for your buck, sure. It is, it is the, of of all the things here, I would say the quintessential bang for the buck game because it was originally conceived. Okay, first, what's the game? The game is uh, open world maps where you are the Earth Defense Force and you have to defend the planet from giant aliens and bugs. And they are huge. Mm. I mean, we're talking like Godzilla, them, like all, all the blob, like that sort of stuff going, right? Yeah. And uh, and it is a mess of the game series for the most part. Uh, it the open worlds are fully destructible, so you can shoot down skyscrapers. But it looks more like um, I don't know, like the it geometry like a just PS2 like game. sinking into the ocean. Yes. Yeah, it looks like a PS2 game. It's not. Yeah. It's never been a pretty series. No, 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 no. But the reason that it looks like that and the reason it does all these weird things is because they set out to create cheap games. It was part of a series of games uh, made in Japan that I can't remember the the specific price. I want to say it was like basically $20 US uh, uh, where the game was like not fully finished or polished and was one great gimmick. Uh, and then it just kind of ballooned into this ongoing series, which you can play tons of these games on Steam. Uh, I love these games. They are broken, but I feel like you can just play this forever. It, it is like perfect, mindless, cause some mayhem with your friends. I, I would say it's like the modern equivalent of what the beat-em-up was back when we were kids. Yeah. We played like the arcade beat-em-up, and it's like, is this really challenging me or is this really great? No, but it does give me something to do while I like hang out with my my pals. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, this is obviously goes down to personal preference and I know you have a lot of fondness for EDF. I think it feels and plays like dog shit. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a fun game to play and there are other games that are like that wacky and outrageous that feel like way better um, and aren't like, the menus and the controls feel like totally clumsy and weird. <laughs> uh, I wish it I felt can't better because I love any of this. It's, I it, love the trappings of it, like the giant ants and stuff. I love it. It's great. Destructible, awesome. Giant like rocket launchers, super cool. It just doesn't feel very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I'm not. I can't argue with it. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do have a very special place in my heart for it. Uh, what about you? What, what, I, I think we actually agree on, on I saw you write down. This was my next one too. Gotta be Stardew Valley. 
for my yeah, one. it's kind of the it's it's kind of incredible. You know, people gave us there. a little bit of crap because we did not include Stardew Valley in the best portable games list that we did uh, on the last Resties, and that's fair. It is definitely uh, a valid addition. That there was a, in the back of my mind, I didn't vocalize this, but a hesitance on portable Stardew being friendly to portable Stardew. Weirdly, you cannot save in the middle of a day. You can like t- sleep your switch, and that's fine. But you can't like if it's two p.m. and you t- your switch powers off or whatever, you lose all that progress, um, and that makes it kind of not the best portal game. But ignoring that one minor fault, it is so good, and for twenty dollars has given me just years of uh, con- free content that you know uh, the concerned ape the developer has added over the years and uh, i mean we just fawned about this game during game of the year uh very recent or you know best games of the last 10 years very recently but i mean man talk yeah. about just a, a boatload of stuff that has just poured in for free or uh, since that initial paltry 20 dollar investment 20 dollars is nothing for the amount of value I've gotten out of this game. It's so good. Yeah, and it was great at launch. Like, yeah. that's that's what's wild. For me, I had this on my list because of all of the stuff you mentioned, but also because of the mods. Like, the amount of creative content that is made by the fan community for this game is tremendous. And that and the developer's own, like, I would say favoring PC uh, with updates is why it wasn't on the mobile list for me. Um, I, I, I I look forward to playing it on Steam Deck. I, I think that will be very nice to have some overlap. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it, that's why it didn't quite make the list there. But it definitely makes it here. Uh, it, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm trying to think of other stuff. So, I mean, I'll just share some other stuff that I have because we're getting into some like classics that you'll just... I, I know where we're going to go here. I have on my list, I have NCAA college football. And the reason I have that, I'm not saying we're going to add it, is because it's the like the last one that was made has just had to continue to be NCAA college football. And people are left to like keep updating it. And mm-hmm. I think there are a few games like this, like Tech Mobile, people keep updating it, NHL, I think 95, 96, um, the Fire Pro Wrestling games. There are these games that like, have kind of taken on a life of their own post-release. Um, but whether or not any of those should be on here, I don't know. I have Kentucky Route Zero because, you know, you bought the first episode and then you got the rest of the game over the course of a decade. But is that like a recommendation I can make right now? Not not as much. And here's the one that I think you will agree on, but I don't know the perfect perfect example of this kind of like pseudo-genre is open-world games where the fun part of the game is just being in the open world. So it's not like going and climbing towers and unlocking things. Yeah, sure. It's Just Cause 2, Red Faction, uh, Gorilla is like one of these. Yep. I Um, mean, Breath of the Wild is one of those too. Yeah, I think Breath of the Wild is is definitely one of those. Um, But it's Breath of the Wild is a Nintendo game, so it will never cost less than a (laughs) full price. Um, Yeah, Red Faction is probably the one... Of those, because it's so old at this point that it's probably pretty cheap to buy. Yeah. Uh, and I think they just re-released it on modern consoles. So remastered. Remastered, yeah, because it's set on Mars. It's funny. 
Ooh, um, okay. I I feel like we have a good list here. Do you have any other ones that you would want to add? No, this is. I think this is uh, pretty good. So long as we delete EDF, I think we're good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna delete EDF and I'm gonna delete Fire Emblem Heroes. That's fine. And that gets us down to that's wait, four. Wait, that's oh Fire Emblem Heroes stays. Yay! Wow. Okay. I'll accept it. You know what? Don't there go is broke playing it, please. <laughs> I'll feel bad. <laughs> There's an Earth Defense Force in Red Faction Guerrilla. So in a way, I, I still kind of won. That's true. Um, great. Those five games are Fire Emblem Heroes, Drop 7, Fortnite, Stardew Valley, Red Faction Guerrilla, either the normal edition or the remastered edition. You can't go wrong either way. Those are our top five best bang for your buck video games. Okay, Chris. So we are coming now off of uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Are we allowed to say that? Super Bowl? We, we don't have to say the big game. This I mean, is it's a been a little while thing. since the Super Bowl. When, when yeah, it's a couple weeks episode, but sure. at this point uh, that, you're, that you're listening to this. And uh, your team, the Chiefs, didn't quite make it this year. Came very close. Very close. Uh, but uh, lost in the game. What is that? The AFC? NFC? Yeah. Wh- which division? In the AFC that? Championship. AFC Championship. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I don't want to scare people away because I, I I just want to, this has been running in my head for the last couple years, but it is about sports. Please don't be scared. I think you might find this interesting. So when, uh, you know, I was raised, uh, as a diehard New York Knickerbockers fan, the, <laughs> the Knicks, uh, in the NBA, I was uh, a Mets fan. Uh, I continue to be. Uh, New York Giants, you know, I have my teams. Mm-hmm. But what I've found over the years is the more I care about sports, the more anxious and stressed out I get. Yeah. Like if my teams start doing well, it makes me not super happy because it just stresses me out and kind of throws my entire life on its edge. Yeah. Um, the the most recent example, uh, many of the, the teams that I follow are not very good, but the most recent example that springs to mind is when the Mets played the Kansas City uh, Royals in the yes. World Series. And, you know, throughout that entire playoffs, I was like staying up super late to watch the games, every pitch, my like heart rate was spiking. I was like super into it and and obviously disappointed when they lost. And given the fact that almost every team, except for one, has that experience every single season, invariably, you are going to experience a lot of disappointment when watching sports. And I guess I wanted to talk to you a little bit about whether you feel like you get the right things out of watching sports or whether you think it's uh, not necessarily worth the time. And, And this is not to denigrate sports as an, as a catalog as a group but just as a as a watching yeah a, a watching effort I, i'm curious whether you think it's yeah it's well, good I'm, or bad i'm glad you brought this up because i think this has a lot to do with games obviously sports are games and fandom and parasocial relationships which are becoming like much bigger things thanks to podcasts uh twitch streams youtube right uh i don't think that there's like a huge huge gulf between uh the people that we like to follow on the internet and like the sports teams that we're fans of so there's that in terms of what do i get out of it well 
for I think I I get why you might have a problem. And my theory is that you are you should not be a New York sports fan. <laughs> that's that's your problem. And it's not because New York sports fans are good or bad. It's because the expectation in New York City is that you're a New Yorker and you should win. And I when, mean, not for the Mets. <laughs> well, no, no. It, it, I know it's not for the Mets, but they're, they're still not underdogs. They're still a New York team. That's true. And they do the, spend the, a colossal amount of money. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, the Chiefs are like kind of in the middle of it for me of teams I, I, I love, but whether I get pleasure out of them. The team that I have enjoyed the most watching and, and enjoy watching now and I enjoy when they succeed are the Kansas City Royals because the Kansas City Royals are a bad baseball team. They won the World Series when I was born. They were basically terrible from then until they had a, a you know kind of a two-year, almost flukish run. They went to the World Series twice. They won the second time against, uh, obviously, Fresh's Mets. And then they immediately went back to being awful. And I had no expectation for them to be good ever again. And when they were good, you were right. You know, it was it was very stressful. It was all consuming for like as as the season went on, I could see them doing well. And as we got into the playoffs, I had to watch every game. But every win felt like a gift. And I never I never felt entitled to anything. Mm. And that's good and healthy sports fandom. When it gets bad is when you like like good teams, in my opinion. So I have a lot of family in uh, uh, Ohio. I think we've talked about this in, in the Toledo area. And Toledo is right between uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Three mm. like excellent football programs. Well, varying degrees. Um, and I'm an Ohio State fan. Being an Ohio State fan is awful because you just expect to win. So yeah. when you watch the regular exhibition games you're not taking pleasure in it a whole lot. You're mostly like waiting to see the desired outcome. And then if you don't get it, you're like upset. It's all downhill. Basically you're starting at a hundred and you can only lose points at that point. Right, right, right. So the season isn't super fun. And now, and most recently, obviously the chiefs have started to do very well. We have one of the greatest pro athletes in any sport, Patrick Mahomes. And that puts us in a really funny spot because here we are, the Chiefs, a team that, you know, I would uh, not small to medium market team that suddenly has a, you know, Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame tight end, a Hall of Fame quarterback. And we are not the underdogs. But at the same time, like, we're not we're not the Patriots. You know, we sure. we, we haven't we don't just win, win, win every Super Bowl. Um so I don't know. I, I, there was a part of me, if I'm being really honest, when we lost this year and like the game before the Super Bowl, there was a part of me that felt kind of good about it. And I don't know if that's because my brain is a little broken, <laughs> but I, I was I, I don't know if I like being that team. I don't know if I like the idea that like, oh, I, I now I, I'm, this thing is going to be a game that I, a thing that I feel entitled to and that the national mm. conversation will be about dynasties and how much can we win? That doesn't seem... I mean, I know from experience with Ohio State that that's not fun. Yeah, I, I would also add that I think for me, the like best moments, best sports memories that I have are as simple as like going over to my buddy's place, drinking a few beers. I mean, I yeah. remember going to your apartment and we watched uh, the the Royals. Well, that was in, not the World Series where they played the Mets. It was one of the 
Yeah, when they played the Astros. When they played the Astros, right. And that was like a really fun, like memorable experience that for the last two years has been Sorry, played the Giants that year. We beat the other. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Uh, but But for the last two years has basically been ripped out of it. And I think watching sports from your house alone I mean, I mean, that's the only yeah. safe way to do it for the last two years, but it really, you definitely lose something. That That's a good point. And, and that's actually why I've really cherished uh, like football during all of this is because it's like it gave Steffi and I something to look forward to. Mm, like it yeah. was something to break up the week where like during the pandemic, everything felt the same. And she really loves uh, football and like yeah. knows every player's name. And that gave us something like to look forward to and talk about. And it felt it was like something that was happening in the outside in the real world. Um, and we honestly watched way more football games that were not teams that we cared about, but we're just, you know, it was something, it was something to like do and watch out, you know, either in Texas or in California, we would just watch it outside and it gave us an excuse to be outside during the fall and winter. Yeah. Um, I, I, I almost think for people that like, aren't necessarily like a fan of a specific team. I kind of think fantasy is the way to go fantasy football because you, it really does take a lot of the emotion out of it because you're not rooting for, you're just rooting for individuals at that point. So you can like get excited when this individual player makes a big play, but you don't have the like legacy of like the team that I've been following for 30 years might make it to the super. Like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Instead, well, it's like, oh, you might win a dumb trophy that, you know, is like a shoebox that your friends made. And yeah. Spray painted gold. I think this is why the NBA has become so popular because, you know, a lot of uh, baseball and football fandom is based on like where you live and your, your, your team. Well, the NBA feels like it's much more player driven. Mm-hmm. And that seems kind of natural, especially with our generation, is more people live in a different place than where they were born or have lived multiple different places. Um, learning to just love a sport because you like to watch people do really incredible things. Yeah. Um, is I, I think great. And I, I, I mean, I, I hope this can connect with people who, you know, watch streams or anything like that. Um, because that ultimately like, that's what I really like about it is I love just seeing incredible things happen. And it's why I, I honestly struggled to watch like, any video game sports is because I just have trouble reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I watch a great football player, a great baseball play, I, I can tell what the hell's happening. Uh, yeah. And, instantly. and, and I would just say like, to that same extent on the video game side, like just like sports is like constantly examine, interrogate what you're getting out of it and whether the things you're getting out of it are positive or negative. Are you more often than not coming away angry or upset? Or are you satisfied? Or are you getting like social engagement that you weren't getting previously? Like constantly like look inside yourself and make sure you're getting the right things. You know, that the same thing applies to what you were talking about in the first segment about, uh, you know, playing a game with a power curve and not feeling like you're actually in it. It's really up to you whether that's a satisfying way to spend your time or not. And uh, just kind of listening to yourself uh, is important and I think will make you a happier person. Did I did I ever show you or tell you about my my what I consume spreadsheet? 
Yeah, I've seen it. You posted on Twitter, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, what I love about that is it makes it really obvious where I'm spending my time. And the way this works for for people who have, have not heard me talk about this is I document um, any media I consume. So this could be books, comics, games, um, uh, podcast. Uh, if, uh, now I include my learning Japanese as part of this and I, I document it all in 15 minute increments in a spreadsheet. So if I put 15 minutes in, it goes in the spreadsheet under that thing and I label the category. And then at the end of the month or the year, I can see how much time I'm spending, uh, in things, both compared to other things that I do, but also just raw hours. And what is good about that is like what you said, it, it really helped me see, oh, wow, I am spending a ton of time watching football or I'm spending a ton of time watching movies. And that's not necessarily bad. I might actually feel like very good about that. Um, when I decided to start learning Japanese, I, it was be honestly because of this because I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know what? I bet I could do half that amount of time in movies and put all of that towards you know, learning Japanese in my week, and I would still feel pretty good about everything. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think everybody should do that. I think that is like very much just my own weird neuroses. But I, I, I completely agree with you of being really mindful of your time. It's an easy thing to not make time for, but you get so much from it in return if you, if you do actually take a moment to think about it. Very good. I like what this. a nice little sports topic. What a surprise. Yeah, I know. Uh, do you have any recommendations for for uh, for like outside of video games and, and, and sports? Um Yeah. Uh, you go first. Okay. Have you heard about the rescue? No. Okay. So it's a documentary, came out I think like late last year. It's on Disney Plus, and it is about the uh, the cave scuba divers who saved the uh, the young boys' uh, soccer team in Thailand. Do you remember was that, that the happened? one that Elon Musk got involved in briefly? Elon Musk said he was going to fix it, made a whole deal out of it, and, and didn't do did, shit. Did, did not, yeah. And instead, yeah. it was like these like just average folks from across the world who happened to have a, a very very specific skill set and uh lack of fear basically and the documentary goes over day you know day to day over the course of i think it was like almost two weeks maybe more or less of them rescuing these kids and it's like a, it's a crowd pleaser hmm. that said I, fair warning even though it's on disney plus this is about children in like profound peril <laughs> Yeah. Um. And you know, there the the children are in a cave system that's fully underwater, and I think they're like two hours away from the entrance of underwater. Yeah. So, like, you can think of all of the reasons that that could go wrong, and the film enumerates them. Um. So quite tense. Uh. But just really cool to see a movie about. <laughs> this sounds so trite, but like average people who are just really passionate and good at one thing and seeing them put that to use. Um, I don't know. It, it really, it really got to me. And I, I, uh, I think people will like it. I 
we'll not watch that because that sounds very stressful. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure I, it's yeah, very good. Fair. Uh, th- those are the sorts of things that I'm very into, and uh, you know, I I like those docs. Free Solo is another example of like people doing very dangerous things. He doesn't have as good of a reason as these guys do, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it always stresses me out. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about Doom Patrol, which is a show that I think I've mentioned in I the past. Doom Patrol is great. Uh, it um, is following in the same footsteps. You know, I've been talking a lot about Peacemaker, which is also great. Another HBO Max superhero DC show. And I think DC is doing a much better job than they were a couple years ago in embracing the idea that superheroes, while they can tell interesting, deep stories and char- like character driven stories, really need to acknowledge just how ridiculous they are for it to be okay to watch. Because if you just lean into the like self-seriousness of it, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, the Zack Snyder stuff is not for me. I know some people like that. That's fine. But like, I can't get into that stuff. I mean, but the even stuff the Marvel I into, stuff these days for me is yeah, becoming well, so Eternals, caught up in its yeah. own lore. I'm, I'm yeah, no, you're right. But I think uh, what Doom Patrol does very well is... There, the stakes are like not the stakes are always small and a little bit ridiculous, but wild shit is happening in every single episode. I watched an episode last night where all of the main characters died and went to hell, and it wasn't like an end of season episode. It was just like a <laughs> one-off episode, and that's uh, there's another episode uh, where the entire house is infected with sex ghosts and there's ghosts having sex all over the house and the only way to get rid of them is to call in the sex men who are like the x-men but they handle sex crimes like that that sounds (laughs) like ghosts ghost sex crimes ghost sex crimes specifically and they're not even crimes they're just they're they're passionate um yeah, it's a very bizarre show, and it brings me a lot of joy. And everyone's in it in a in like a really big way. Like no one is not committing. Brendan Fraser does uh, plays a robot man who's terrific. Um, it, it, it's it's great, and and I want more I'm give it a watch. shows like this. It, I would say of the like great superhero shows that are on right now, I think Peacemaker is like the top for me. But Doom Patrol is is really terrific, and um, it seems more my energy. Yeah, it is. I think tonally, because it does go to some very very dark places, which I know you love. Yes. Um, but so does Peacemaker. So it's it's hard to say. Anyway, okay. Doom Patrol, it's great. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, okay, here is everything we talked about in this episode. Vampire Survivors is the name of that uh, two ninety nine game where you can just grind and kill vampires. We also talked about some of our. uh, favorite bang for your buck video games earth defense force sadly did not make the cut but fire emblem heroes drop seven Fortnite, stardew valley and red faction gorilla either edition maybe the remastered edition made it we also talked about sports baseball football basketball the olympics is happening i guess it's kind of over i don't know (laughs) it's going um then i talked about the rescue uh, which is on Disney Plus. You talked about Doom Patrol, which is on HBO Max. Yep. I, right. Yep. Uh, and and that's it. We did it. We did it. Oh, one other thing. Uh, I I I listened to that uh, Finding Drago podcast. I want to tell you this. 
That oh Justin yeah, that was mentioned? Justin's recommendation. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's oh my gosh, it's a good. Yeah. It's a real goodie. It's a I'm real, very real goodie. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's the sort of podcast I was li- I would listen to on a long drive. So that yes. might be coming up in my near future. Yeah, I think that's or or if you if you enjoy taking walks around the neighborhood, you know, to clear clear your head. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I say that to you, realizing that you probably get very few of those these days. One of these days. Anyway, that's it for the show. Uh, I am Christopher Thomas Plant. I'm Russ Frustick. And that's the Resties, where the best of the rest discuss the rest of the best.